Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we're very happy to be coming to you on a Friday to end this work week with you because we also had a great Thursday night, Nate, where we went five and one in total, made five units on the night, a clean sweep in our play of props. We've got best bets here for you. Also went uh, one and one on the, the night last night there. Uh, mostly because it was just a two-game slate, so not many sides to choose from. But we will press on here. Also check out the player props we do have up as well each and every weekday this season. Uh, head to thelines.com the com as well. Check out the written content we're putting up on the site right now. And use that odds finder tool that we have to make sure you're getting the best juice available to you from all of these books giving us bets this season. Nate, let's just go ahead and get right into your first NBA player prop, a game that has us both slightly befuddled. Again, again, I, I mean, I understand the steam coming in on the Clippers on Tuesday when they were underdogs going up against the Nuggets team that's owned them. Now they are, they started minus four and a half, minus five, depending on the book. And now they are minus seven and a half at home against the red hot Houston Rockets who have an entire week of rest coming into this game. Like I, I am befuddled by this schedule from the NBA. Um, they've been off since Sunday after playing seven straight home games. So like the mother of all rest advantages right now for this Houston team that is built on effort, on defense, on the, the fear of God, a.k.a. Ime Udoka, who will drop the hammer on anybody who turns the ball over. They have the second lowest turnover rate in these six games. Um, and they're sixth in offensive rating. They are number one in net and defensive rating. They're just absolutely buying in at, as much as I hear that cliche. But um, for for a team that like led the league in, in turnover rate last year to suddenly be taking care of the ball like this, Fred Van Fleet, Josh's adult in the room, is taking control of that offense. And like, look, this is this is our brand now. We we are fading the old overrated teams, uh, at least until season. proven otherwise. Like might be off that with some other teams, but I am still not buying the Clippers. Certainly not as favorites, as favorites by seven, seven and a half. Uh, I, so I am confident enough to put a full unit on this, certainly on the spread. I think you can also put a half unit on the Rockets with the under here, which is at 218 and a half, been bet down a little bit, but you can still get plus 250 uh, parlaying those two because there's definitely some correlation here, right? I mean, Rockets are playing at the third slowest pace in this in this success span. Uh, the, the Clippers are the fourth slowest team since adding Harden. They're also 26th in offensive rating and turnover rate. Uh, they've gone four and one to the under with Harden. The exception being when Luca just went nuclear and, and Houston doesn't have that kind of offensive firepower. They're beating teams by grinding you down, right? I mean, by slowing it down as much as possible. Um, and, and then winning in the clutch or they have a, a 92 defensive rating in their three clutch games in this span here. Um, the, the, and the, the thing is the, the Rockets, if you're going to beat their defense, you're going to have to play good team ball so far in the small sample, they're giving up 26 assists and losses and 19 wins. Mm. Well, what are the Clippers struggling to do to play together? Their fourth lowest assisted field goal ratio since acquiring Harden, um, you know, for what it's worth, even before Harden under in, in four of their last six against the Rockets, Houston, for what it's worth last year went under at a, a 70% clip when they had a rest advantage. So, you know, with Dylan Brooks on Kawhi or PG, uh, with with Fred Van Fleet and, and company hounding Harden, who just, you know, still is trying to find his footing as he admits that this is the preseason for him. Uh, I just don't trust the Clippers to score enough to pull away from anybody. To be minus seven and a half is just, is just really befuddling. 
Uh, I don't think that the Rockets are the team that they're just going to, you know, figure it out against this defense with four or five days to prepare for them. Completely agree. I, I don't have solid answers for you for why this this spread keeps moving up. I, I, I don't know necessarily whose money is, is moving it. You would obviously think more than anything, it's it's sharp money. There's not necessarily public money moving lines like three and a half points like that from the open. But I, I'm a huge Rockets believer and a huge Clippers detractor. So like I, this seems pretty easy. We we kind of stepped in it. We kind of knew we were when when you give um, the the Clippers points like that against the Nuggets. It was like, all right, I guess this is like a weird game even for them without Jamal Murray. They're not going to be able to just overcome any sort of like stagnant like complacency that the Nuggets might have come in with by underestimating the Clippers. Right. Like that's not this situation. That was the champs coming in without their their second best player and starting point guard um, and and playing a team that was like had really nothing else to lose. They've gone 0 and 4 in their first four. After one win, I'm happy to think like James Harden's already like, all right, we got this. We're good. We won one game. I wouldn't be surprised. They didn't win the game, by the way. They they just covered. They covered five. But they oh, I'm sorry. Three. They didn't even win. I'm, I'm counting as a win. <laughs> yeah, How no. hilarious is that? Is that it was no so bad. because. Yeah, because Jokic took over down the stretch because the Clippers biggest weakness is size. And I I forgot to mention Alper and Shangoon, who is Jokic light at this point, and, and he's probably going to control this game for the Rockets. Yeah. And Jokic light is only is more of a, of a, a compliment to Jokic that he, you can't give Shangoon anything better than Jokic light. It's because you can't compare someone to Jokic. But the fact that you can say his name in, in reference to Al, uh, uh, Alper and Shangoon's game. Um, is is just indicative of it all. But yeah, I keep counting it as a win. I should keep saying moral victory. The moral victory that <laughs> that the Clippers enjoyed was was still, you know, a result of like a complete con- contextual situation for them that was that worked out. This is like we just keep getting more value on the Rockets. Like I'm I'm hitting them a little bit at plus 250 on the money line as well as uh putting like a full unit on them to cover this game. So this is a great find. Uh we we talked about it before, you know, before we even started recording here last night. You were like, I mean, I'm taking this and it just keeps going up for us. So I, I'm glad to let you have that. I'm gonna go into uh, a team total here for my first pick for the New York Knickerbockers who are taking on the Wizards, more like Wizards, because there's no D, as we like to say. They play really fast and they don't play with defense. 27th defensive rating um, and the fastest pace in the league. They allow 123 points per game, which is third most. So I, I went with over 115 and a half for the Knicks, plus 100. It's even money on DK for a full unit. Um, I think this is like a really solid game to look back and go. We have like a number of really nice use cases for exactly what's probably going to happen versus the Knicks when you can't get defensive rebounds, you can't stop anybody in the paint. Um, you're just Swiss cheese down low. I mean, honestly, the Spurs aren't even Swiss cheese down low nearly as much as the uh, Wizards are, and they still handed it to them, gave them 126 points to the Knicks. This, the Spurs, just co- these teams like the Spurs, the Hornets, the, the Hawks, they, they're highly comparative uh, to the uh, comparable, rather, to the, uh, the Wizards that they're going to play tonight. We're talking about teams that play really fast, that don't play defense, that can't really protect the rim very well, despite the fact that Wemby's out there, by the way. Um, 29th in defensive rating for the uh, for the Spurs, which is like like we said, basically all these teams are bottom five to ten in uh, defensive rating, all top five to ten in pace, um, and giving up above 120 points per game or so. That's what they did against the Hawks, scoring 116, 120. So the 115 and a half points is a really nice like little small bar that they definitely hit when they play these fast paced teams, and and you get value on things like the over or Knicks points 
because you think of them as a slow choppy team because they kind of are in terms they, they play at the slowest pace uh, and their half court offense can be choppy because it's heavily reliant on guys to just get their create their own shot off of space or create enough to get another guy a shot as opposed to letting the ball move. It's not that often that it's like a ball moving around the yard kind of possession for the Knicks. It's a lot more of them, you know, banging down low. They get a ton of second chance points. We know that they limit your second chance points. They will get points off of turnovers from their bench, especially because that's when you get IQ out there and guys that want to push the pace a little bit more for the Knicks. So all the fast break points they want are available. The, the Wizards are 30th in defensive rebound percentage. They are uh, bottom five in allowing points in the paint, et cetera, allowing second chance points to their teammate, to the opponent. That's what happens when you don't get defensive rebounds. The other team will get a lot of second chance points. So um, there's, yeah, there's a lot of bloated stats, out, uh, prop lines for the Knicks players out there that are like a little bit scary because someone's going to have to do it, but it could also just be a blowout to where by the end we've got like Deuce McBride as the dude who's scoring like seven-ish points in the fourth. Yeah, I mean, the Knicks do tend to play a little faster and score more on the road, right? Um, so that that is a better environment than if this game was at MSG. And if you look at Washington at home, um, they've only held one team below 124 thus far, and that's the, the Memphis Grizzlies, who we, we like to say the offense starved Memphis Grizzlies. Um, so, yeah, it is kind of fits into what we're saying about Washington, that this season is more of a fashion show than an actual uh, competitive NBA season and when they're at home apparently they just like to try to get their points with Kuzma and Poole leading the way and they just should be roasted by Jalen Brunson and company on the other end uh, I I for what it's worth I'm putting Knicks in a, in a couple money line parlays here tonight um, I think the Lakers also good for a win with AD coming back against Portland Celtics you got to watch for their injury news but Toronto looked awful you know one of the only teams to not score very much against Washington and if Cleveland has their guys, uh, I think they handle business. But we'll have to wait on all the injury news for that before we make any picks. Um, yeah. My second pick here is the same game parlay. And don't roll your eyes because uh, I know that was the only one we didn't hit yesterday because Bam got seven rebounds, not ten. Uh, but I'm not messing with the rebounds. I am taking the most reliable thing, which is points. And the most reliable thing down the stretch last season and in the playoffs, which we kept coming back to, which is Devin Booker and Kevin Durant getting their 25 because the Suns have nowhere else to go for offense. Bradley Beal is doubtful. We saw what happened in their last game without him. Um, they had 31 each against Minnesota's league-leading defense, and they combined for 75% usage, which is nearly taking every shot for the starting lineup. Uh, Grayson Allen might get a couple. I think Nurkic was scoreless for most of that game. Just like, sure, yeah, you guys, you guys do the thing. And, and now we're talking about Utah at home. A great game environment for offense. So I'm actually going to combine those guys with with Markkinen to get his 20. Um, something he does incredibly consistently. Like he is the the planet around which Jordan Clarkson revolves as the uh, wonky moon, if you will. Where Clarkson could get 30, he could get 10, but Markkinen's going to get 20. He's going to get about 22 every game, uh, every every reasonable matchup that's not a blowout. You know, the only time in his last nine games he hasn't is yes when they got blown out or uh, by the Suns, uh, just like a weird road game where Clarkson was so awful that it that the offense didn't function, and when they blew out the Grizzlies. But I don't see this game being uh, you know a blowout either way. With Utah at home, great home court advantage. As we know, they score 119 at home, nine more than on the road. They also play with more pace. Um, Markkinen's averaging 23 this year at home, at 26 in a bigger sample 
last year, and the Suns don't really have a big power forward to deal with him um, at all. So, I, I mean, and then you look on the other side of the ball, what does Utah do against Stars? I mean, their first tourney game last Friday, Desmond Bain had 37 points on 50% shooting, you know, the Grizzlies exceeding expectations. So what's Book going to do? I, I'm fine, you know, juking this up to like Book 28 points. Uh, you know, he's had 31 plus every appearance. His usage rate was sky high in his return. 28, 48% usage in just 28 minutes. Um, and yeah, Utah gave up 20 plus to both DeRozan Levine, to both Franz Paolo, a 25 plus to Ant Cat. You know, they, they allow it to duos. They've given up the third most to small fours, ninth most points to shooting guards. So great environment for KD and Book to keep going. Yeah, you, you fully 100% convinced me in the, the Book points after the first game back. I don't know if his mindset changes, but my thought in the first game was like, ah, maybe comes out and dimes up and is like, yo, I'm the point guard on this team. Like, nope, 48% usage. I am shooting. Uh, I'm shooting all of the time. So fine. That's 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 the game plan. Maybe they'll build a little bit more defense around them. Probably not. 237.5 total feels pretty right in, in Utah with this uh, Suns defense that just, you know, it's not it's not the focal point of the team. So uh, I'm going to close out here with a little parlay where I get the Sacramento money line, which, um, you know, they're, they're pretty big favorites here against the Spurs, I believe, eight and a half points. So the fact that I'm getting like a minus 300 and I'm parlaying it with an all over of this game at 234 and a half. 238 and a half just scared me. And that's what it got bumped all the way up to for the total. So I wanted to get it down a little bit. And I, I do believe in, in SAC to win this game. Not, no shade to the Spurs. Uh, we'll see who, who does fully play for them tonight. But plus 106 on your money for that parlay right there. I, I thought that was really good odds for them to win and, and this game to have a ton of points in it. SAC is back with De'Aaron Fox. Their offense is just uh, two different things with him, without him. Uh, since he's come back in the last three, they're back up to 101 and a half as their pace, which is good for eighth in the, in the league. That's up from 95 without Fox. And I talked about it a number of times for a number of different bets that without him, they dropped to basically the slowest team in the league from a top 10 fastest. Their offense drops from a top five offense in the league to a bottom five offense. It's He's he's one of the most uh, just, you know, sort of powerful impacts in the league when he's on the floor. They're up to the 119 rating in those last uh, three games with him back. Things that are really key in the way that he impacts the game. 16 and a half made threes, which is good for fourth in the league. Guys like Keegan Murray raising their three point percentage up tremendously, including uh, Kevin Huerter falls into that category as well. Both of their three point percentages jump up with Fox, who's just giving them shots because not no one can stay in front of him. Uh, there's a lot of talk about other people being the fastest player in the league in transition. And like still going to say, I'd rather have D Fox in transition with the ball in his hand than pretty much any other point guard. Uh, but I digress. They also have number one in assists and that's where six uh, SAS, the Spurs are super um, vulnerable in, in terms of giving up assists to the other team. They allow the most points off of turnovers as well. Incidentally, Sam, uh, the Spurs are fourth in assists as well. Uh, over the last four games, which is pretty impressive for them because they are a young team moving the ball nicely. So they're doing some things right. But defense is where they're just continued to be porous. Like, yes, Wemby's going to get his his uh, blocks coming off of his guy and, and swatting, you know, other guys shots away. But like their defensive rating is still 29th. They're still playing at the sixth fast, fastest pace, allowing 124 points per game. So I think the, the Kings are just going to continue to run all over them. You'll probably see a lot of reserves by the fourth quarter is my guess. There's, the Spurs have had some random games of hanging around with teams, but like they're going to try to play the same way that the Kings play, and the Kings just do it roughly 10 times better than them. 
Yeah, Devin Vassell's out, and Did I think out? Trey yeah. Jones is doubtful yeah, okay. for the Spurs, which scares me a little bit about the overall total. Yeah, I might, might try to lean on this as as a Kings total right. um, with the win. I think they absolutely will win, and I might get Sabonis assists in there because the way I, I look at this is like we targeted Sabonis when he's facing like a, a center that can bully him um, or that you know can play solid defense. I think he's going to take Wemby to school mm. here, and and you talk about the Spurs giving up assists. It's because you have to move the ball around, right? You're not just going to like go right at this this lanky dude, but you're going to get him spinning around like a top because he doesn't understand NBA defense yet. He doesn't understand team defense. There's not much defense around him. What Sohan's going to be playing point guard and and guard and matched up on De'Aaron Fox at times? Like this is going to be an absolute disaster defensively yeah. for the Spurs. So I trust the Kings to to keep scoring. Uh, what they're low this season is 114 with Fox, and they have around 130 in four in four wins. So. I I'm fine. I'm fine parlaying like Kings one twenty three with the win um, rather than the total. I don't. I because when the Spurs lose, they lose really bad right now. <laughs> exactly, and then you don't even see that much Wemby at that point because he's not playing in twenty to thirty point blowouts at this point. Like they just had one, right? Like a one twenty three eighty seven just massacre that they that they uh, that they took. So. I would say Wemby's defense, like I think he's light years ahead of what you would expect someone in their like teens or whatever to be in terms of like understanding defenses and when to really when to jump, right? And when to like move off of your guy and onto others. It seems like he's like decent at that. I would I, I would even guess that Zach Collins though might even be guarding him a lot down low because I, I do think that that Sabonis could probably put him under the basket, which would probably hit his head on the rim if he did that. But Nate, let's go ahead and jump right into your first NBA play a prop for tonight up. Favorite on the show, I'll be honest, Anthony Melton. Yeah, yeah. We're not taking the stars in this Hawks Sixers game. Uh, we are taking a star in his role, the Anthony Melton, to go 12 and a half points, even money. And, and you know, I'll, I'll take over two and a half threes. It's plus 115. They're trying to tempt you with that to follow his recent success, but I, I think it's sustainable. I think the minutes are going to be there with Nick Batum, Kelly Oubre still out in his last two. He's played 35 minutes a game, did 23 points per game. And nine for 12 from three. One of those matchups against Boston, obviously a really good defensive backcourt. And now he's going to be cross-matched against Trey Young, I think, on both ends of the floor a lot. We just saw from Nick Nurse that he prefers Melton out there to Pat Bev. I mean, obviously, because he's a better offensive player, but because he was matching up with with Tyrese Halliburton at times. And just ha- you need that quickness. You can't just necessarily be like a physical uh, guard like Pat Bev against a Trey Young or a Tyrese Halliburton. So I think the minutes going to be there against the Hawks. The game state is going to be great uh, as per usual. It's like a 240 total in Atlanta. Uh, you know, the Hawks expected to be up and down scoring. DeJounte versus Maxi, I think, is the other matchup. So easier for Melton to, to score off Trey, who, you know, isn't the most disciplined defender. Probably going to be giving half help uh, or full help or just losing Melton and giving him threes. And he's absolutely deadly. One of the most efficient three-point shooters the last three seasons now. Atlanta's given up the fifth most uh, threes to shooting guards and the fourth highest three-point percentage at home, along with plenty of other goodies uh, in terms of points. Um, So I'll take Melton to stay hot in this matchup. For sure. He scores in transition, too, kind of like you were were hinting at. And so I think that even if he doesn't get the threes, he's a good bet for the points. And and I I love DeAnthony Mellon. I think he's a humongous reason that the Memphis Grizzlies were good without John Morant that one season, which just people just don't talk about. Tyus Jones as well isn't there anymore. I think every time that I see Memphis without DeAnthony Mellon and Tyus Jones on the floor, it's just so much more glaring 
how good they are now uh, in, in their own roles because they know how to play, do exactly what they're good at, like you said, playing to their strengths and just really good at what he does. So speaking of really good at what he does, my first pick is going back to the Osar well. Osar Thompson, over 22.5 points and rebounds. Minus 110 on DraftKings, one unit. I started looking at this game, and it's just the 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 um you can build an entire roster with the, the amount of guys that are on the injury list for the Detroit Pistons at this point. And now Jalen Duran is out. Marvin Bagley the third is questionable. Enter a whole bunch of James Wiseman and Isaiah Stewart, who I would say Osar Thompson is more of a center than both of those gentlemen. So you know the full unit on him feels really good in a game that he's going to have a ton of usage. Um, when Jalen Duran is out, we're talking about a couple more minutes a game for Osar Thompson, but all of his stats really indicate he's playing right around the rim and he is basically their center. Stewart is as beef stew is like their best three point shooter right now, especially with the amount of time that Jaden uh, Ivy's missed. So like he's not going closer to the basket than Osar Thompson is. Um, and, and neither is James Wiseman who I'm not getting into that. Um, so he's got five more points per game as well. Osar when he's in that, um, when Jalen's not in there, he actually averages like one, half a rebound fewer. It's still up at around nine and a half when, when Duran doesn't play. It's just, it's also like in, in, uh, indicative that like he has to, the other team is now able to box him out and like, focus on him a little bit more, but the usage and the, uh, the, the minutes just stay so high for him at this point, like up around 34, 35 minutes a game in this situation that like with the amount of rebound chances that he's going to have combined with his incredible rebound chance, uh, percentage, dude, like on the rebound chance percentage, he's got like some of the strongest hands out there, uh, up in the, in the top 10 with that as well. So, um, with, without Jalen Duran in the last two games that he's missed, which is th- these past two for the, the Pistons, we're getting a couple more rebound chances per game for Asar. So it, it all works out in a situation where the, the Cavs are very good at guarding your big man. I, actually, I haven't even really been that good this year because really Jared Allen hasn't been able to stay in the game long enough to be his dominant self. And Evan Mobley is doing well in his own right for his own stats, but it's not like he's able to like box out a guy like Pogo Sticks here. So they're giving up the uh, the they're in bottom ten in terms of limiting the opposing small forward in points and rebounds. They're also just bottom ten, uh, either ten to fifteen in both rebound percentage and their opponent rebounds per game on the season, which is wildly uh, not confusing. It's just a little bit surprising when you hear it for the Cavs. Yeah, we talked about this a few days ago with the Cavs is that Isaac Isaac Okoro out. Um, you know, and they, there's this perception that they're really good on wing defense, but now they're trading some offense to get Max Struess in there and solid defender, but not really the athleticism or, you know, physicality to deal with a guy like Oscar Thompson, who, yeah, you say he's playing like a center, but really he's just jumping over everybody. He's just an incredible vertical leap. Great rebounder. I love that you're getting the rebounds in here. Um, and, you know, if Donnie Mitchell and or Garland are out, I might just go pure rebounds because I don't know. I, this just might be like a gross game, Eastern mm-hmm. Conference game. Speaking of which, uh, Orlando and Chicago uh, are meeting again mm-hmm. after they totaled uh, about 180 in their last matchup. Don't hate the under for the game, uh, but I will take Vucevic under 19 and a half points. Seems kind of high for him um, as the third option now with DeMar DeRozan coming back after he missed that previous meeting with a per, uh, personal related absence, he's expected back here. And, you know, Vooch only got 17 on elevated 28% usage with DeRozan out. You, you know, that's consistent with DDR being out since the start of last season, his usage rate spikes 6% to 27. He averages six and a half more points per game. He averages seven, just 17 points per game with DDR. 
So now, now you're looking at the matchup with the Magic, you know, a team, his former team, and I love those revenge narratives, but it just has not been there against a very physical, good interior defense. He's hit, he's topped uh, 19 points in just two of nine meetings. He's averaging 17 and a half against Orlando. Um, and Orlando with Goga Bitatse now in there over Wendell Carter, you know, that's, that's a loss on offense, but he is still manning that paint. Um, ninth fewest points to centers, ninth fewest paint points altogether. Best opponent assist to turnover ratio, number two defensive rating overall for these Magic. Alex Caruso is in there, which makes, you know, the Bulls' identity changes with him. Gives us another low-scoring look here. They average like seven points per game fewer on offense with him. And, of course, better defensive rating. They're also playing at the third slowest pace in the league. And, you know, in a slow-paced game, you got you can maybe get some free throws going. You get something, you know, a center. Vooch might have the worst free throw rate for any center in the league right now any any starting center he has 11 free throws in his last eight games it's just a minuscule rate so I I you know I don't trust him you know in this game state to get a lot of field goals going and he's just not getting to the line yeah he he doesn't get to the line um that's for damn sure (laughs) um I am gonna see your Vucevic though and try and raise you a uh, DeAndre Ayton yes I am correct DeAndre Ayton has point five free throw attempts per game. So there is one person out there who is softer than Nikola Vucevic. And it's it's dominating who dominates his way to the free throw line less than once a game. You fraud. Anyway, let me move on to my first pick here. Um, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm on my second pick. We're just trucking along here. My bad. Uh, I'm going with a, a little double-double parlay, man. So I, I want to take the, the Jay Randall double-double. It's minus 155. That's how I came into this. The other two are just sprinkle in there to get you a nice uh, plus 144. So we're going the triple double double parlay. One for Jay Randall, one for Joker, and one for Giannis. So like Joker, do I need to talk about Joker and double doubles or or we can move on from that one? Okay. A double double at least in every single game this season. Giannis uh, also only three times that he has not gotten a double double this season for Yanni Boo Boo uh, was against three of the best rebounding teams in the league. And yes, I mean the Detroit Pistons, who, he, who against whom he had nine and twenty-two minutes um, before getting ejected from that one. And then the uh, the other two were the Knicks and the Raptors, uh, also the Heat in there. So like those those four games, really, let's say three, because he had nine and twenty-two minutes against a top ten rebounding team in the league uh, in the Pistons. Um, and now, yeah, we we get a pretty good matchup for him as we know tonight as well. So um, yeah, for for Jay Randall though, like I, I just wanted to figure out how he's going to do his thing against the, the the wizards tonight and like what i mean by that is is jay randall picks and chooses how he wants to play each night sometimes he just really wants to make sure you know that he can get a rebound over you sometimes he wants you to know that he can get 25 on you and with the wizards it's really like kind of glaring how like they're just so soft down low sorry daniel gafford i, I think he's very important to the team um but, but like there's a reason that they're so bad down low uh this this year is because he's really it anyway like kuzma's your power forward he ain't banging down low on defense so that that really lead, that's a reason that jay randall's averaged so many rebounds about 12 boards against this team over his last five uh against washington so in that and that includes all, all the games with, with kuz in there 17 rebound chances per game for for jay randall and that's actually increased over his last four since he started like not trying to assist anymore it, it's a really funny uh just like stopping point for when he was like First six games of the season was like, I'm going to assist. Had like a bunch of assist uh, chances per game uh, and was was diming up at about five per game as well. And like the shooting was down everything. Then the shooting came back. And then when the shooting came back, he got his swag and went back down low. 
uh, and started getting double digit boards once again over the course of the last five games. So um, with the way that he's playing with where he's playing and how much he loves to just sort of be down low points in the paint against uh, this Wizards team, like he hasn't always gotten that many points and he hasn't always had to because there's been a lot of blowout wins for the Knicks against this team in the last couple of seasons. Um, so that's why he's had, uh, he's only averaged like 17 and a half points against them. He's had a couple games where he's like below 17 points even. So it's really the rebounds where he's like 16 boards, 15 boards for like, you look at it, the, the game law for him and he's just grabbing everything against them. Mitch Rob is now up at 11 and a half board. So it was like, obviously he's a great candidate, but it's really just him versus Daniel Gafford. And then Jay Randall left to do the rest. So um, easily, obviously 10, 10 points is not anything you're worried about, but it's the, the 10 boards is what I'm focused on for him. And I think this is a great opportunity for him to, to keep getting as a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Washington's fastest pace in the league and, and giving up the most rebounding opportunities while they take plenty of bad shots and playing some Kyle Kuzma at the four. So, you know, I would say mm-hmm. Randall is the weak link here in this parlay, but no, in the matchup, like I, I do trust it. Um, because of the game state. And I mean, maybe Giannis would be the weak link if, if Charlotte and Milwaukee play one of those like 140, 130 games and just nobody misses. But uh, I mean, the Bucks really need him to come in and swoop in and get boards. Um, you know, yeah. we saw, we saw Dame come back from the calf injury and light it up. Maybe Giannis comes back from one game absence and just, and just dominates the way he has been. So I, I think it's a pretty good conservative parlay. Yeah. yeah, he looked pretty healthy on the sidelines over there yeah. when he was watching that game where Dame went off. So I'm not too worried about Giannis in this one. But yeah, Jay Randall's the weak link. It's a minus 155 number for him to get the double-double. I wanted to play that and talk about it and find a way to, to get some Knicks props in here. And the, the rebounds for him felt good. So with the double-double, you get a, a bit of juice uh, as well. And, uh, and I like this one. But that is all the time we have for you in play a props for today. We're looking to another sweep here. It would be awesome. End the week a little 8-0. and no. Uh, feeling pretty good about that. We did that like a week and a half ago, so it's very, very plausible. But uh, continue to follow along, y'all, until we see you next. Happy betting. Stop, 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 stop.